All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, I've got to lead with some heavy news. Um, Andy has been exposed as a hypocrite because <laughs> what? because here's here's what happened. See, when we're on, when we've pressed record, he's all laughing and positive and nice. But right before we went on, he looked at me and he said, "You're a manatee with clown makeup." That's what he said. <laughs> and and to which Izzy said, "What? That was I, rude." Yeah, I said that was rude. And to which Andy said, "What?" Nah. Exactly. <laughs> and then and then so so you can see. I mean, Jesus Jesus would confront this. And so I feel I feel very very Aww. good. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you are, hello. If you're uh, if you're working out, please work out for me. Um, I hope I get some credit for this. If you're driving, keep your eyes open and your hands at ten and two at all time. And if you're uh, roaming around the house, um, I'm sorry. Um, we've got uh, we've got part three of why we're le- why people are leaving the church, but we haven't. So yeah. so we've we've spent a couple of uh, episodes kind of going through this. Um, uh, this article written a couple of years ago, and um, and just reacting to it more or less, and we've gotten feedback that's like yes, 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 and other feedback that's like you know, well, my church is awesome, mm-hmm. and uh, okay, we're not speaking about your church, we're just talking about the church in America, uh, and and we're oversimplifying and we're overgeneralizing, overgeneralizing, but there does seem to be some something about the, the general dissatisfaction with the institutional forms mm-hmm. of American Christianity. And, and just to give the uh, distinction that we started with last time before Izzy, uh, we'll start with you, but, but um, no one, no follower of Jesus can leave the church, right? You're, this is who you are. This is an identity statement. This is a, you've become part of a collective, mm-hmm. no matter what it is that you do. Um, and actually, one of the reasons why I haven't given up on the church is because it's the reminder that I'm a part of a collective. Right. One, but, one, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. One, one thing he didn't mention, I'm curious, though, too, is like I'd, I'd want to hear somehow eventually is if, if he's also referring to some people who left faith because of those things. Right. Because that mm-hmm. looks different. But it's like that's yeah. to me. I look at that. I'm like, well, I think I feel like I know some people who've actually left their faith because of some of those things. Like that, why love doesn't sure. look like love. So yes. that's, you know. Yes. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. That's a that's a great that's a great ad. Um, and, uh, and there's a sense in which, yes, some of these things are so disturbing. People walk away from faith for other people. It's no, I'm still a fan of Jesus. I just don't like the institutional church. So that's why I keep saying, if you're a follower of Jesus, you don't, you can't leave the church. You just leave the expressions, the visible expressions of it. Mm-hmm. And so we've spent a couple of, uh, episodes specifically, but I really think the tenor of our podcast has just been saying, you know, there's some things uh, that have been lying dormant. There's some things that have been neglected. There's some things that maybe we've lost the plot on. Uh, and so we felt like we wanted to do an episode. Well, the three of us are all working for a church. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have no desire to do anything but that. Um, and uh, and so so I just thought it would be interesting. In, interesting. Uh, here's, here's uh, Izzy representing 20s. I'm representing 30s. Uh, Andy's representing the 40s, and (laughs) and, uh, it would just be interesting to hear kind of those different perspectives. So, Izzy, in light of even the stories that you refuse to share in the other episode that I've still not (laughs) forgotten that you refuse to share, um, uh, why why still be a part? Um, A few different reasons, but first, I'll kind of just give you a little bit of like personal 
background with okay, first the of church. All, first but... of all, what shirt are you wearing today? Um, it's an Aristocats shirt. Right. And it's what's not your... a big deal. And what's your... No, no. What's your cat's name? Norman. No. Yeah, my cat's one. name is Norman. Oh, who's Croissant? That's my dog. Oh. Yeah. Okay, way to give the cat the normal name and the dog. I had the cat first. The insulting name. I, I got weird after the cat, and then I just yeah. loved food. Cats a lot, do so. that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Anyways, okay. So, um, I I worked at a church for a while and got very very battered and bruised and um, ended up leaving and and moving out here. This is very short summarized version the battered and bruised part was was it specific to you was it because of the culture that was Um, created what was the deal it was both it it was a lot about like the culture and the and the structure of how it was set up and how a lot of other people were treated and how my friends were treated but also me personally had a lot of things happen very felt very like emotionally abused you know and Mm. um just ended up being like you know what i gotta get out here and i was 17 and i was just like i can't I can't deal with this. Right. So. So it was like 20 years ago. Yeah. Exactly. Because he's 20, which just yeah. makes me sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, she anyway. could be my daughter. Yeah, I could. <laughs> um, so I moved out to California, um, away from my parents. I was alone and I was like, you know what? I'm just kind of done with like, I don't want to find another church because everyone was like, oh, where are you going to go to church out there? And I was right. like. Yeah, I don't know. There and just kind of, yeah, there's nowhere out here. It's weird. So I just kind of didn't really actively look for anything, but it was really complicated because I was working at different churches, coming in as a guest worship leader, and because I do music for a living. So it was like mm-hmm. very um, confusing for me to mix like work and serving, if you will, and just kind of, I didn't know how to feel about that. And I was like, well, I'm going to church all the time. I just play different places. So I didn't want to like, you know, I don't know. I didn't have like a community of people though. So for like a year and a half, I just did that and just felt comfortable and, and whatever. And then, um, it wasn't until I started, um, playing at Vox and then kind of like meeting all of you guys and and having people that actually cared about me. It's shocking. They actually like cared about what happened to me and how I felt and how I was doing. And um, that really opened my eyes to like, oh man, I've never actually had this, this like real authentic relationships with people. Not that I just work with, but that I can like be in this community with and like be challenged with i've been challenged like every day i'm constantly put in uncomfortable situations that <laughs> makes me grow and, and i you work with andy <laughs> yeah no it's true and i love it and i i feel like i've had so much more healing through all of this like bitterness that i didn't even know that i still hmm. had hmm. but only because i've been around a lot of people that actually are like there for me and that has made me realize like man this is why i want to stay because i want to be able to find people that i can be that for you know i didn't i didn't realize i had no idea what you were going to share so thank you for the (laughs) for the uh pub on our sweet church um but but what was it that even kept you open to the possibility so so had you not had a financial interest Mm -hmm. yeah for that year and a half of leading worship in churches would you have yeah um I would have come because I had friends tell me about it. Like, okay. but so I was like gonna come anyways, but I didn't know if it had like started yet, but I'd heard about it. 
So once I got the call, like, oh, we need a worship leader. I was like, oh, my gosh, perfect. Two birds, <laughs> one stone. Great. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I would have been like, I'm all in, like, can't right. wait to, you right. know, be right. here forever. I don't know. I don't know. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm not, like, trying to, like, mask anything. Like, yeah, it, it worked out both ways, you know. But um, I, I'm really actually grateful for this because um, – I don't know. There's not really anywhere else that felt real to me. Like I'd I'd almost gotten in this situation a couple different times with other churches Hmm. and never felt right about it. Just kind of always was like, well, whatever, I'll just do it, you know, and and I and now I'm like so thankful that I did not do that because it just wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been healthy for me. Hmm. But um, another reason why I am still here and still love it is because of the ability to be able to worship with a group of people Hmm. together like i i love that that's so thrilling to me to get to like explore different worship expressions together and like not be a loner you know because i can worship by myself and pray and and be still and you know do all that stuff i can sing a song by myself and worship and it's Mm -hmm. different though when you're together and learning Mm. and growing together and Mm. so that's that's why i keep coming back no that's so good so a sense of belonging and a yeah. sense of being known mm-hmm. and uh and the corporate i mean you know uh, i we have folks that um that uh, live stream or they'll do the podcast and you know one of the questions we've wrestled with is what do you miss you know if mm-hmm. you just are live streaming or if you're mm-hmm. just um a podrishener as one uh, <laughs> church calls them um and uh and one of the things is that corporate sense mm-hmm. right of of worship and by worship we mean the whole thing not just the singing part yeah that's good andy what do you hear when you hear izzy talk about that um i hear a lot of the same i mean there, there's some things for my own like kind of take on on why i'm still here i mm-hmm. mean that's i mm-hmm. think that there's um there's something very deep in the human soul that's put in alignment when you're in a body of people that does come together and worship together mm-hmm. um and i mean it you could you could look at this across you know all Rock kinds concerts, of social football. movements yeah yeah that's <laughs> but, what I mean. no no but really there's no, something no, about being uh, there right that's yeah. i mean even, but even you look at the, the strong political movements look at things that happen when people actually come together i mean right. if everyone was just sitting at their computers hashtagging black lives matter right and not showing up and, and not, mm-hmm. i'm not validating necessarily the the level of violence that some of the protests have had but it's like there's a different impression that they have upon the world when they're when people show up to something correct yeah. and like I, I can i simply can't deny that there is something to that and yeah. it's the uh i don't i don't know what it is you know i don't mm-hmm. i don't it's it's just simply there and it, it's meaningful and it's valuable mm-hmm. and i think that people almost don't recognize it until you pull away from it all of a sudden mm-hmm. like yeah. and there's you know you can you can find that in um like one common statement that a lot of people say is you know wanting to be a part part of something that's bigger than yourself. You know you'll you'll hear that term in, in charities and nonprofits and churches and other kind of movements. But it's like why um, why does that desire exist? Mm-hmm. You know from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so there's um, I think there's something really critical to that. And it's so, human. It's not a religious thing. Right. It's a it's human, human thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. that's really really good. Yeah, I think I think the the um, desire to be known. Uh, the desire to be a part of something bigger that it, so that exists in tension, right? Mm-hmm. So, so on the one hand, to be a part of something bigger than you sometimes requires you not being as known as you'd want to be. Mm-hmm. 
And on the other hand, being known requires a small enough group that it doesn't necessarily facilitate the sense that you are a part of something bigger. So there's interesting kind of uh, bigness and smallness thing that that uh, that the human soul hungers for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that that can be in in its best expressions can be represented well. Um, in all sorts of ways, it's the difference between watching a game on TV versus being at the game, yeah. or you right. know, or, or you're at the concert, but you're watching the concert through the phone that you're using to record it, as opposed <laughs> to just letting yourself yeah. be fully immersed in it. You yeah, know what sure. I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think one of the things that jumped out to me, um, as I was as I was thinking about, you know, why um, why I'm still such a part of it, like why I just can't give this is is jacked up as it is i think there are there are a whole bunch of reasons one but it but it but it comes from one fundamental premise namely that i'm part of the problem so so i was looking at the five and i'm going well let me let me just confess all of the ways i'm guilty so your sunday productions of worn thin he said well i i've i've been guilty of spending so much time worrying about the 35-minute segment um, and receiving kudos for the 35-minute teaching segment and, and, and ignoring all other distraction to focus on the 35-minute segment, right? That's, like, that's my sweet spot. And so, so to, to, to the critique that the church is spending the best of its resources on the Sunday production, I, I've been guilty of that, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, that we speak in a foreign language, yes, I am a theology nerd. I love, I love big words and I love authors and I love, I love, 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 love theology. And I've been so guilty of just insider, insider lingo and language. Um, your vision can't see past your building. Yeah, I absolutely. I've been a part of three building campaigns. And I think there are times that that is a very legitimate expression of the desire to make room for the world and the desire to partner with the world, the desire to partner with God in his mission for the world. Uh, and I think other times those are expressions of just the, the desire to be large and uh, the, the ego that goes with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you choose lousy battles, you bet. You bet. Have I done that? And then your love doesn't look like love. And, and that's obviously the one I'm still working on, mm-hmm. right? The love of enemy, the love of, uh, of uh, the critics, the love of those who've hurt you in the church. Um, I had a situation uh, where I was uh, in proximity to somebody who I just cannot, um, I, I'm still very angry at, and it was just so funny what my what my whole body did. Um, I just had to go sit down and pray, and I'm like, and 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 the last podcast, you know, kept coming to mind um, of of love you, love, 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 and so I'm sitting there going, ah. So so the 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 big the big thing is if the church is going to kick out all the hypocrites, then I've got to go. Um, if if I'm if I'm welcome, then that means we have to welcome all the other hypocrites too, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I'm I'm a part of this thing. So so to me, that was a very humbling exercise going through these, and yes, banging away at the American church. And I think there's some really valid critique in here, but also realizing, man, there's critique in me, right? There's this whole this whole way of doing church that we've just kind of fallen into mm-hmm. that is the the franchise model and it's the bigger is better and it's the and and still i mean if vox blew up if it blew up for the right reasons with the right people i'd love it um and uh and so so what's changed isn't whether or not it would be it would be cool to have a large thing mm-hmm. it's why you would want if it's people coming to 
to Christ or people investigating Jesus, or then great. Um, if it's just uh, if it's just uh, Christians from other places, then you're like, eh, yeah. mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like we're dying for. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. So so is he? You know, part of what um, what I what I hear is part of the repentance of particularly for your generation, part of the repentance of my generation and other generations towards your generation is just a simple acknowledgement that, that yeah, there, there have been instances, more than a few, where we've really missed the boat. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you'll have your turn to miss the boat. Um, uh, but we've missed it in, in a lot of ways. And so just the simple owning of Oh man, I'm guilty. All this stuff, you know. I mean, hello, chief of sinners, right here. Um, and and the and I and I think the thing that um, you know that brings me some sort of comfort is that the early church um, is kind of idolized, but it was so messed up, man. The more I read the Book of Acts, the more I read some of the early New Testament letters to churches. I mean, these guys were these were crazy kids. These were crazy, yeah. crazy kids. And I'm like, okay, okay. So thank, thank you. God still works in weakness. And how do we know? Because here we are, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So um, uh, to me, that was like a massive um, a point of conviction. And then I started wondering, okay, but why am I still so passionate about it? And, and, and I, I, somebody forwarded me an article from Relevant Magazine, which, you know, if you're called Relevant Magazine, I'm already out, I guess. Um, uh, but but this guy was why I'm still part of a church. He had this really good line. He said, the church will be reformed by those inside, not by those outside. By those who stay, not by those who leave. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. Which is part of the reason why we wanted to try something like Vox, right? Was that, that Jesus didn't just critique, but he created an alternative. Um, and the alternative in Jesus's case was, was still a messed up community, but it was radically reshaped mm-hmm. around the cross and around the resurrection and around the ministry and presence of Jesus. And so I feel like, okay, here's a reason. Um, for me, and, and I'm just going to punch through a list, and then I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Um, there's still so much good being done. I mean, for every horror story, and there are so many, there are all the stories that we never hear about. Right, the the widows being cared for, the orphans being adopted out of the foster care system, um, or orphanages around the world, the 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 families that have um, adopted kids with Down syndrome because of, um, uh, of of a of a of a kid that they meet and they realize you know these kids are in institutions around the world and um, the the tutoring that gets done, the 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 massive amount of charity. I mean. You, you just go, it would be interesting to, to if you pulled back all the influence of Jesus followers uh, in the same way, you know, the African-American community was saying, hey, just don't show up to work uh, this past Monday and see, you know, what the, what the impact would be. It'd be interesting if all mm. the Jesus followers just said, okay, we're not going to follow for a week or a month or whatever. And I think we'd realize, man, there's a lot that's good that God is mm. doing. And it's a credit to him that he can use folks like us. Do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, the the uh, and, and I love I love this. Um, I I and it's going back, Andy. Well, to really what you were both saying, um, I need to be reminded I'm not the center of the universe. So <laughs> so you know we spend our whole weeks 
kind of with our agendas and our platforms and my social media and you know you're kind of in this you can create a vacuum even though you're around all, all kinds of people right and to be in a room with people you didn't choose to be in a room with people of all shapes and sizes and all colors and all backgrounds and and all sexual orientations and all political affiliations and economic statuses or a collection of people that has nothing in common except allegiance or or curiosity about Jesus right yeah there's mm-hmm. something about that yeah. that yeah. E- e- even in its mundaneness even in its ordinariness even in it, it even in its just kind of weirdness there's something about it that is formative and shaping mm-hmm. where I just go, ah, I'd miss that. I, if I didn't have that, I would miss that because too much of life can be spent in an echo chamber, right? Oh, I only yeah. listen. I only follow the voices that I like. I only listen to the voices that agree. I only watch the, the entertainment I want. I'm only around the people except, you know, maybe at work or at school, but I don't have to have deep relationships. I'm only around <laughs> the people that are like me. Um, um, here is an instance where no, 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 you're, you're, you're participating in something Paul calls the new humanity, right? The new humanity is when people have nothing in common except some, something about this Jesus gathered together. It's not when there's a bunch of married couples together and not when a bunch of single people are together and not when a bunch of college students are together. That's not the new humanity. The new humanity is when it transcends all of that, all of the divisions, all of the ways that uh, society marks us, judges us, labels us, categorizes us, all of those are eradicated in this Jesus. Well, that becomes a place where that we have to practice that because that's yeah. so foreign. I have to practice sitting there, turning off the judgment mechanism and saying, this is part of the family, right? Mm-hmm. It's like your Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> that It's family. It's my family. I didn't choose this. Yeah. But there's something about no, it. That's, yeah. that's a really good. Yeah, yeah that's a good that's point. No, no, there are times when family's abusive and you need to go find a new one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are times when families can get so toxic mm-hmm. that you can no longer participate. So I'm not talking about church abuse. We've talked about spiritual abuse um, for like four or five podcasts. I'm talking yeah. about the normal kind of participation. Like, why do I still think it's worth it? Mm-hmm. Even if all that list and other things are true, even with all the abuse, even with all the scandal, all the hypocrisy, why is it still worth it? That's a big one for me is because there's something about sitting sitting at Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's something about gathering around the table with people that you would never choose to be with mm-hmm. uh, that is so formative in our sort of rugged, individualist, consumeristic age. Andy, you're thoughtful. Yeah, like there's, it's interesting, like, because you look at a job, you know, let, let's let's take a... I just got an email. <laughs> yeah, I think in a, um, in like a, a common, let's say like a commonplace, like fast food joint, right? Yes. It might, it might attract a so like a socioeconomic um, crowd that is, you know, from a lot of different places, different backgrounds and diversity. See, I can't say the same thing for like business, right? So, but in this case, I can say I've walked into plenty of McDonald's and it's like, boom, there's a lot of diversity in here, right? Yes. See there, it's, it's like going to a job where that diversity does exist, very similar to how it might exist in a church. The agenda to be at the job is you're getting a paycheck. Like, you know, you're there and like you don't even need to enter into the curiosity of why someone else is there. It's answered Mm -hmm. for you. Well, they work here. Like they're going to get a paycheck at the end of this thing. That's right. Whereas in a church, it's like it being among a people like that demands curiosity and calls people into a level of humanity that just isn't really compared to in other places. Like Mm. you don't. You can't show like that, and this is the another massive church irony is people who come to church to get fed, right? Well, it's like other 
not everyone comes to church and gets fed or even knows how to say that they're like i'm not even experiencing the same thing you are and how that's been like kind of you know turned into a language is beyond me but there's it 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 boils down to this heart thing like how could you come like i would i would struggle to have a conversation with someone who wouldn't be able to step into the curiosity of others if they're constantly attending a sunday church how could you just sit there every week and not have a heart to wonder who you're sitting next to and not right. like because it's like why why are you here did you stop to think why are they here mm-hmm. i mean they're not no one's collecting a paycheck right. like you don't like the return often is so dynamic <laughs> that it, it's not um, even it's, like it's so unreliable right no yeah. one comes to church and says like i'm gonna i mean this is probably how the whole machine was created well how do we consistently give the like the same product week after yeah, week right but from someone sitting in the seat it's it's so undependable. Yeah. Like you just can't come and expect the same thing every time. So right. it demands something so much deeper for all of us. Right. Like, you know, mm-hmm. coming to something like that. So right. that's that. Yes. I think is absolutely fascinating. Yeah. One of the things I put that's related to this, but I put it as a separate point, is that I need to learn to love. I need to learn to submit. I need to learn to commit, and I need to um, to learn how to be okay in the midst of weird mm. and i can only do that in the midst of difference not sameness yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and um i'm i'm so in charge of my life that there has to be an expression of me not in chargeness and even though mm. i i am the team leader at at vox that 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 position is almost meaningless because of how many people have input in the thing and so it's you're constantly you're constantly um, I'm, I am, I shouldn't say everybody else, but I am constantly, uh, being called into question about, okay, what, what, what's my preference? What's non-preference? What's, you know, I mean, it's just like, it's the practice yeah. for what God intends for, for you as a human person, yeah. right? And you can't do it. And that's where Jesus's point was. If you just love those who love you, well, pfft. What's that? Yeah. It doesn't take any practice. That's natural. Yeah. So mm-hmm. to me, the 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 consistent submission and weird and reconciling and you know I for, I, somebody was offended because I said this thing and I think it's so dumb, but I need to listen and you know I mean there's just that whole thing that is so formative and soul uh, shaping. Yeah. For mm-hmm. me. Um, it, it almost, it, it's, it's become, there's this phrase called a spiritual discipline, which is like, you know, a physical discipline. It, 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 it with under, with, with practice, you, you were able to do things you wouldn't normally be able to do. So if you want to run a marathon, you don't just run a marathon, you train. Right. So spiritual disciplines are ways that you train. So it's, it, it so for, for me, church has become one of those, like not, the, the, the attendance with the people, that corporate gathering is a spiritual discipline. Hmm. It's not something I always get something out of, right? It's something, no, there's some some sort of allegiance that's pulled out of me in the midst of yeah. it. Uh-huh. Izzy, what do you think when you hear all this? I think, I think, yeah, I think the uncomfortable is, has become such a like beautiful thing. Like I've noticed that in myself, just being around a lot of people that I would not normally hang out with or like that have kind of, ruffled my feathers a little bit and then I've kind of God has really been like working on me to be like no 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 calm down you know and I think God does some really incredible miraculous things when you're put in uncomfortable situations and I've grown so much just in like 
the size of my heart, you know, for people, I feel like that I'm, I'm really challenged in those things. And I, I've just seen God work so much through that diversity and, and when people like come together consistently and just be like, you know what, we're going to put our differences aside. Well, I guess not really, I guess come together with our differences That's right. and yeah, like, that's right. That's right. you know, good, good. Really do things yeah but but, but isn't that interesting that it's not the allure of polish yeah or excellence it's the allure of ordinary and mundane and weird yeah when we let our walls down is when like you know we really connect with each other and which is so surprising to me that i like am thriving off of this because i'm so weird and like awkward and introverted and i don't love being around like a lot of different people that I don't know and that's been so crazy to me to like be like oh my gosh I actually love this I had no idea yeah wow people Mm. crazy we've probably hosted what would you say Andy over the last three months maybe 200 people over here yeah yeah uh at the at the Vox World headquarters (laughs) and every single time it's tiring but every single time it's fascinating yeah. and, and beautiful because yeah. you're like, whoa, who, I mean, all these stories and all these prequels and all this, all this pain and all this joy and mm-hmm. all this talent and all this giftedness uh, and disappointment. It's just, it's absolutely staggering. Yeah. yeah. It's absolutely staggering. So I'm totally with you. Yeah. Totally with you on that, Izzy. And, and that's why you're a cat. because that's the perfect animal for you yeah because cats don't run in herds no but yet they love being part of families yeah i don't know if that's true i don't know if that's true no it is i don't know if that's true oh well someone's gonna tweet that Uh (laughs) (laughs) oh man i love it um the the uh, another one for me i think and and this is the one that um probably is most significant is uh i need to be reminded um, of who I am and what story I'm a part of. And, um, and that the, the whole thing isn't revolving around me. Um, and, uh, and cause my, you know, we're all egoists somewhere along the line, right at bottom. Mm-hmm. And, uh, to be reminded there's a throne at the center of the universe and I'm not on it. Mm-hmm. And neither is Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton <laughs> or a Supreme court justice, or, you know, there's just this radical reframing that happens when you're in the midst of the community and, and the scriptures, of course, call that worship. Worship isn't singing; it's reorienting, hmm. and it's the resurrendering. It's the it's the reembracing. It's the reopening up. It's all of those sort of heart things that matter so much to us. But I think Jesus is uniquely present uh, among his people, right? So when he, he talks about uh, church discipline, and not church discipline, it was more conflict management um, between disciples. He says, "Whenever two or three gather, there I am. There I am." And, um, and Paul's even invoking the presence of Jesus in, in church situations. So I think there's something like there's this, there's, we miss a bit of Jesus. Um, like, yes, we've talked about it, right? It is me and Jesus in one sense, but it's, it's more like Jesus and his bride Hmm. is the, is the bigger picture. Jesus and his people, Jesus and his body. I mean, all these other sort of metaphors that are collections of people. Um, and so there's a very Jesus reason why I can't give up on the church. I, I get to know him differently when I see him be so nice to other people that I think either don't deserve it or look how jacked up they are or look how jacked up I am and, you know, whatever else. Mm-hmm. And and you see him work 
um, differently with different people. And you just kind of, you kind of like, are, oh, oh, he doesn't need me. Oh, got it. Got it. This is really good. Hmm. So I kind of think um, uh, it's a, it's a very interesting conversation about, okay, let's say every critique is true. I'm still going. I'm still a part of it. Mm-hmm. I still can't give it up. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Now, what about you, Andy Bear? What was your what was your story coming to this? Um, yeah, so I, uh, I mean, I guess I could say when I was, yeah, I guess similar, maybe similar age, like 17. Like you were I, in your 30s. I was in my 30s, thir- <laughs> which equivalents to dog year 30s. Um, yeah, I, I left. I could say that for what it's worth, like I developed a anti-establishment kind of view of the organization of the church. Um, Jesus was still present in my life in uh, a number of different ways through my parents, through other friends that I have through, I mean, even just the acceptance of faith at 13. So it was kind of, it was in me. Like I had mm-hmm. conversations with Jesus as, you know, someone who believed he was a person in my life. So, but it wasn't until my mid twenties, um, where I got to actually see just a, 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 at that time an alternative picture of church compared to what I had experienced my whole mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Now, moreover, um, I don't really hold. I, well, there's two things I hold responsible for. Like the poor experience I had was probably the the system in which existed that kind of said, "Here's what church looks like," and then individual relationships in the process of people in that church that I was hurt by. So mm-hmm. I was just I was hurt by a lot of hypocrisy. Things mm-hmm. that was like, "Well, I don't." If this person's like this, then how is this Jesus? And like, so I just kind of that pushed me away from being a part of, you know, some form of a collective. Mm-hmm. Um, so then like mid 20s, um, you know, I, I was brought back into a, a church experience again and wildly different, you know, because, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, there's musicians on stage. That's a thing. Like, you know, it actually. Yeah. You know, it's like the well, the teaching is like what really different and really good. And mm-hmm. this aligned with reading a couple other books at the same time, like Blue Like Jazz had just come out, which was a great book for um, pushing back on doubt. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so much stuff in there was being expressed from Donald Miller just about doubt. And why does a church look like this and this exploration of a person? And that for me was like I felt like I was on that journey. Mm-hmm. Um but it's what I what I came to realize eventually was my I had to forgive all the all the way all the weird ways the church was trying to reach me throughout the years. Like the, the organization itself did care about me. Mm-hmm. It's just that how that was played out and taken done just was wasn't effective. Mm-hmm. So I for however it came about, there came a point where. I had to like forgive that. Mm. I had to forgive mm. the church what, for what, all of that. What was the offense that you forgave them for? Not what? knowing you well enough to reach you. Not uh, like what was it? Yeah, I mean, feel. I mean, partly feeling like I didn't belong. You know, mm. I mean, I, I was a part of a church that wasn't very artistic and creative and that sort of thing. So it didn't and, value. Yeah, that. it didn't. Like I, I didn't find personal value in being a part of that particular people collective. Mm. So, but because of that, I then assimilated that. Um, belonging to the entire church establishment body as a whole. Like, right. I don't think that church people... So that was on you. Yeah, that was on me. Like, yeah. I, you know, I convinced myself that I didn't belong a, among church type of people. Right, mm. right. So it wasn't It wasn't until that to where then I started just meeting a lot of other friends and the kinds of conversations I was able to start having about what Christianity was and who Jesus was that I suddenly realized, oh, I'm actually able to have very open and honest conversations about this type of thing. And so I just, I realized, man, this isn't, this is on me. 
You know, and mm-hmm. I had to realize that it was people who hurt me and I was blaming the organization for that pain. Yeah. So I had to be like, you know, I can, can I ever forgive? And, and the most biblical picture of this for me was Paul, like realizing, you know, with him, you know, kind of, uh, you know, correcting all these broken churches. It's kind of like, well, he didn't just, he didn't run away. He didn't go find a new spot to then build a church and then suddenly say, well, this is how it's supposed to be done. Here's the perfect <laughs> version of what Jesus intended. Now everyone look right. at them. Right. That, that wasn't his mission. Right. It was it was the constant uh, commitment to him being in the lives of those people in churches and traveling through those things that was like, it's, you know, we're going to work this out. Right. So I didn't see a solution for me to leave the church. For me, it act, the solution became to go farther into it. That's like, wow. to your mm. point, if I was going to be... Dying. You know, I couldn't I couldn't be a part of a solution if I wasn't a part of the problem. So it's admitting that I was a part of the problem of being someone sitting in there blaming the church for all of its mistakes that it had done. Right. But it's like, but yet I'm not willing to jump in and try to help. Well, so, and, and can I jump in real quick, yep. Andy? I mean, just because that's such a, you know, th- there is much made about the commitment phobic nature of human, of American society. Yeah. Right. We're just scared to commit to things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, whether it's people or products or buyer's remorse or, you know, whatever it is. And, and so here's an instance where you're being invited to lay that down, um, and, uh, and to commit, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. even though, so it's kind of the anti-consumer, you know, invitation (laughs) at that point. I mean, it really is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it it meant because I had to ask myself, what does that actually mean? Because and and there's a there's a, a huge spirituality to all of this, of course. Of like, what is it for me? What does it look like to follow Jesus? It's like if if he loves this people, how do I reorient myself to also love these people? Mm-hmm. And that start, had to start with forgiveness. It had to start with grace, and it had to start with having a much broader understanding of the dynamic of people that come into a room. So I mm-hmm. can't just import my very individual worldview upon these people and expect them to worship the same way, to do church the same way, to all this. I mean, it's, it really, like, the more I've been in this, the more beautiful have I seen, like, all the different colors of what the church actually looks like, just mm-hmm. the different forms of expression, traditional, contemporary. I mean, it's like, to me, I'm like, listen, I, we, we spend a lot of time, yeah, coming at a lot of the big mistakes that church has made, and they've had huge ramifications on people, and we see in the public space how much people are standing against that totally validated likewise though i'm just working to find so much more grace to be able to individually even experience just other forms of how people are finding jesus Mm -hmm. so it's like i kind of if i visit you know a a very traditional whatever you know like a greek orthodox church like i'm just i'm sitting in that Mm -hmm. and and looking if like how how did they come to see jesus in this like how does this root back to the meanings of all these different sacraments and things that they do i'm like they they do represent something mm-hmm. but it's it, it actually just calls me to be more curious you know and but it's like it doesn't Ooh. it doesn't remove it's not removing jesus from it in fact i'm just like how well that's interesting like how did how did they get there because we got somewhere we all we all of a sudden decided that lights fog and smoke was a way to do worship Woo! you know it's like <laughs> so it's like how can i even then come and attack that when it's like well the, I, we're equally indicted by all the weird ways we've done it too so that's I, to me that's kind of that's maybe just a a positioning kind of thing where i am now but it's so even the funny thing is even up until even while we started this podcast and coming even to starting box like i wasn't i even wasn't personally sold on the idea of even starting a church like i was you know i was like i like yeah i see that because i was i was still wrestling with like i don't know what it looks like i mean Mm -hmm. and i'm saying that even just to start another church or or to do that. I'm like, I don't even know. I, I, if I was someone asked me, how would you start a church? I don't think I would have articulated the same way we started Vox community. I mean, now I might say this so far, what it's looking like. I'm like, yeah, this is, this is something, hmm. but I also validate 
people who see what, what I struggle with is then people who react, who do things out of um, negative reactionary things, very oppositional kind of thinking, like say, no, it's all you're all you're just supposed to do church in a home. Like, that's really what it's supposed to look mm-hmm. like. And I push back on that, too. Like, eh, you know, I don't know. I don't can. Right. Is there good things to that? Sure. But I can't the second that it turns into this prescriptive. Is, yeah, it's prescriptive. Then I, that's where mm-hmm. I, I push back. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted I truly did, I think, find that. I became, I was able to see myself more, like by being a part of a body of people. Mm-hmm. It's easier for, it's, you said this kind of, it, it's so comfortable for us to sit in our own ivory tower somewhere behind a computer and be anonymous, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But then you live in the tension of never being known. And you mm-hmm. only get known by the things that you say. But it, there's something different when you sit in a room with people, like whether it's five people, 10 people, 20 or 300, and you see people's faces and you have conversations with them, I deeply believe that God intended our design, all of our senses, and whoever we are was, was I mean, even for this, the way Adam and Eve were created, there's something valuable in, one, in, in one-to-one human experience Whoa. that transcends whatever we decide to do as an American progressive culture that makes connectivity completely technologicalized. Right. It's, I, I always think the alternative to that is going to be real conversations or real relationships. So it's like in a in a church body, that is still this traditional human organic occurrence that I, I just don't think can be resembled. Okay, otherwise. hold on. Izzy's going nuts over here with jazz hands. What's no, going I just on? think you're on fire today. I really love everything that you're saying. It's like, yes, keep going. Please don't stop. <laughs> wow. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this was even like it, last week was a bit interesting conversation just about what worship looks like. You know, we mm-hmm. um, uh, we we were you know uh, we had our our friend come and do worship for us as a guest, and Izzy was out, and yeah, it was a different experience than what we'd usually offer a church. We got some feedback on, oh, it felt really churchy. It's like, well, you're in a church, so you know, it's kind of good, too easy to I compare guess. it. I guess good, but I know what they're saying. I mean, it's it actually it sure it, it felt like a very contemporary expression of what a lot of like mega churches kind of do and feel like as far as the worship voice and styles of song and all of that. And my, my answer to all of that is like, listen, I think it's far more important for us to understand a broad dynamic of what's available and how people worship because mm-hmm. what we, I, the last, the biggest mistake I would want to make is show people worship and they believe that's the only one way to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's like the, the biggest mistake. You would not want to make that I would mistake. not want to make that mistake. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, I'm far more okay with us doing things different from now and then and only 20% of the room just lights up because like, whoa, I used to be into this kind of thing and now I'm here. Like, I mean, it's like someone who says, it's like if we decided to do a scripture reading and then someone was like, well, you know, that used to be a part of this old traditional church that I got super hurt by. So now I'm I'm unhappy with you guys because you did that one thing. It's just like, you know, and Mm -hmm. to me, that's exactly that goes back to the heart of like what I shared in the beginning those are people issues and it's like that that's the stuff that you have to call into forgiveness like what's the conversation that needs to have Mm -hmm. so that that thing can be forgiven because i don't think the objective act of that worship is the criminal so wow dang well folks see you next week good night (laughs) (laughs) so i just i just want to be a part of the change that's that's why i'm still here yeah you know and your big fat paycheck (laughs) <laughs> i mean let's not let's not uh let's not downplay let's not that. deny that <laughs> i know me I've, I've just been feeding you know i've been trying to cut off and tie a lot of it over to the you know the right campaign but yes mm. i don't know mm. the right campaign mm. it, well the you know 
the Republican side. Oh, of the, yeah. the right. conservative. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. That's why. That's why our giving's down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so we'd love to hear your thoughts. We we've heard uh, from some of you about why it is you've left. Um, I would love to hear from some of you about why it is you stayed, mm-hmm. um, even in the midst of uh, all the craziness that the church is. There's a bit. There's a deeply theological point about why God uses imperfect people. And we hinted at it kind of the first podcast of the series. Uh, Paul even wrote to a church in Corinth and he said, he said, not many of you, think about what you were when you were called to Jesus. Not many of you were noble. Not many of you were wise. I mean, I'm, I'm extemporaneously paraphrasing. Not many of you were rich. Not many of you were powerful. Not many of you were awesome. Uh, why does God do that? Well, he loves choosing the foolish things to shame the wise and the weak things to shame the strong and the things that are not to shame the things that are. I mean, there's a sense in which God has always preferred to work with weakness and brokenness Mm -hmm. rather than strength and and human glory. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, to that end, he's, he's, he's got plenty to work with. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so we'd love to hear from you. uh, If you'd be willing to share with us a bit, Um, I want to do, I think our next podcast needs to be on. All right. So, if you've been hurt by the church, how do you how do you reengage? Mm. Um, and because uh, I've I've got some thoughts on uh, on what it looks like to forgive, and you don't that doesn't mean you forget. What it looks like to reconcile, what it looks like to lower expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, the surest thing that to kill your experience of church community is expecting too much out of it. Mm-hmm. So if you put things on the church that you don't put on other places, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I want to talk a lot about that um, and uh, in, in kind of the ways in which current American expressions of church um, uh, really allow people, encourage people or force people into passivity. Mm-hmm. Um, as if the church, that was the job, was to do the ministry and the work and the initiative you know, for the folks yeah. and, uh, and people just come and kind of passively consume and observe. Mm-hmm. So, so that lowering that expectation, I think is, is central to kind of re re-engaging the church community. So, um, anyway, this was all just food for thought. Um, uh, would love to hear your story for those of you who've been hurt, man, we get it. We absolutely get it. And, uh, we don't blame you for, for wandering. We don't blame you for running away. Uh, we don't blame you for not coming back. Um, we still think there's something to it, and uh, or else we wouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. So we want to be honest uh, about that. But I think it is on. I think it is perfectly uh, acceptable and um, and and healthy to be able to list all the weaknesses at the same time. Saying, "Yep, but still, mm-hmm. this is the beautiful bride." Evidently, mm-hmm. you know, the church is this indestructible, beautiful. Bride of Jesus, and it's one of the most sinful human petty institutions at the same time, and and, and both are true. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, it is one of the ways to to kind of be reconciled to the church is the recognition that both are true. Yeah, uh, there's something lost when we're not a part of a community, um, but that community is never going to be what we'd wish it were. Mm-hmm. So kind of like marriage, dog on it. Um, it really is. So, so um, I love uh, I love this quote. We're going to close on this quote. Um, and uh, you know, I want to know. I, I, I want to note that Izzy has never given me jazz hands or said that mm. I was on fire. And here she is. She's she. But ha- I did protect you from that manatee 
joke earlier. That's true. So well, I you didn't. Feel... It wasn't protection as All much right, as well, it was I called it out. empathy. Mm. Okay, yeah. Where it didn't even work. I mean, look at him. You know what? He's just he's just angry. <laughs> he's, he has a smug little smile over here. Yes, he does. All right, so um, I think he I think he's an Argentinian philosopher. Okay, Who, I, Andy? No, <laughs> definitely not. That sounds. I like that yeah. title. Uh, Ivan Illich. <laughs> Um, was once asked, and this is my favorite quote, this is like, um, what is the most revolutionary way to change society? Is it violent revolution or gradual reform? Uh, He gave a careful answer. He said, neither. If you want to change society, then you must tell an alternative story. And, uh, and so the, 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 what, what the church does in it, in the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper, and the songs that it sings, the prayers that it prays, the ancient book that it reads and studies, is it's telling an alternative story. Mm. And uh, because we're immersed in this one. And uh, so there's something to that, I think. So um, would love your thoughts, would love your feedback. Um, as always, we're on Twitter, Facebook, um, voxpodcast.com. Is that live? It's there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's there. It's there. Which means what? Um, if you if I type it in there, will will something yeah. appear? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah. It is there. Okay. The site's yeah. The site's live. I just I, okay. I'm still working out little things here. We're not. It's kind of like you know we're we're pre open. Soft you know, open. Oh, okay. We're soft open. Okay. Yeah. But subversive kingdom is going to go away. That's going to go away. Okay. Right. Um. So so do that. Um. Thank you for reviews. Uh. Uh. On iTunes, that's so helpful to get us noticed um and uh, we're always grateful for shares and tweets and anything to get the word out we think um you guys have given us such great feedback in terms of what we're doing is valuable so we're dumb enough to actually believe you so (laughs) so what what episode number is this andy uh this is going to be 49 49 yeah so next episode so this this matches your age oh wow so i love that I know. So this is almost a year. We're almost to the year anniversary. Yeah. October 15th is when we posted our first one last year. Really? Oh. Wow. Memories. Izzy, look at you. You were like 16 then. I know. I was actually 12. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. All right. Someday, and someday Izzy's going to give us all the juicy details. Oh, man. Because uh, nothing, nothing is good gossip like church gossip. <laughs> it's so sad that that's true. Um, <laughs> so, all right. Um. So uh, until next time, my brothers and sisters, let's do our little blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance to you. And may he give you peace in these days. We're so grateful to be a part of your life. Uh, Thanks, as always, for listening. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Vox, the Mike Geary podcast. Be sure to like Mike on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash official Mike Erie. Follow Mike on Twitter and Periscope at Mike Erie for live interaction and ongoing Q&A. Don't forget to visit subversivekingdom.com for further engagement and information about Mike.